Welcome to Healthy Habits Happy Moms Radio, where we are all about helping you find balance in food, fitness, and family 365 days a year with your hosts, Jennifer Campbell, Lauren Kosky, and Annie Breeze. Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio. I'm your host, Annie. And before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share a rave review from one of our listeners, Destiny. She says, these ladies are freaking amazing. They give away so many secrets and tips you'll want to listen to each podcast two or three times. Grab a notebook to jot down notes and share your tips with all your friends. If you want more, then you have to join the Facebook group and follow them on Instagram too. They have seriously changed my life in so many ways. Thank you so much, Destiny, for the kind review. Jen, Lauren, and I are always so appreciative of our listeners who leave reviews. And if you want to leave us one too, we would love to share it on our next podcast. In the Habits 101 podcast, Lauren and I discussed the basic elements of habits and how to build new ones, but we didn't touch on how to break an existing bad habit. As much as I would love for it to be as simple as just stop, it's not. And on today's quickie episode, Lauren and I hash out some great suggestions on how to decrease or eliminate habits that are no longer serving you. Enjoy. Lauren, hi, how are you? Hi, I am good. How are you? I'm good. What are you up to today? Well, um, I just changed my shorts <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, do you want to tell people why yeah. you just changed your shorts? <laughs> I was so excited because I got, got a new pair of jean shorts this weekend and I put them on and then I remembered why I haven't worn jeans in like four years because they were so uncomfortable. And I have a nine-month-old, as most of you know, and so there's baby gates all over my house. And I'm, like, trying to get over these baby gates. And I was like, this is awful, and this is just a reminder why I never buy jeans anymore. Like, even when I wear jeans, I wear jeggings. So, like, I literally have not worn jeans in, like, three years. Yeah, I don't either. I keep buying jeans thinking that I'm going to, like, wear them because it's, like – supposed wardrobe staples, but they just sit in my closet. Yeah. And I mean, jeggings are just as good. Right. I mean, and who doesn't want to be able to like drop into a split or a squat if you need to at a moment's notice. Right. Right. So (laughs) I changed back into my cloth shorts, you know, those like Sophie, (laughs) did, have you ever had those? Yes. I don't know if they even make them anymore. They're like old school. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I, I dig it. I, I can get down with that. You know, well, I'm, I know this is going to be shocking, but I'm wearing black leggings, like shocker. Yes, that is. Shocking. It is. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my staple too. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that is for sure a wardrobe staple. I mean, over the weekend, I also bought another pair of black leggings, which I definitely Absolutely. Needed. You can never have too many pair of black leggings. No. no. Um, okay. So you and I are getting together because we recorded a Habits 101 podcast not too long ago. And one of the topics that we didn't cover in that episode was how to break a bad habit. And as simple as I would love it to be, um, a matter of just like, stop that. Have you seen that? Have you seen that Bob Newhart episode? No. 
It's like, on, I think it was on Saturday Night Live, but he plays a therapist and this woman comes in and she's like, I have some, you know, essentially some bad habits. And he's like, stop that. <laughs> just. It's really helpful. Just. Just stop it. Knock it off. I know. That's the kind of, that's the kind of advice my husband gives. Just stop it. And I'm like, it's not no. that simple. <laughs> it's complicated. Um, but I think this deserves a whole episode on its own because there really are some strategies behind breaking a bad habit. And um, throughout the throughout the episode, when when you or I say bad habits, I think we can agree that we don't. We're not trying to cast judgment on anyone's habits or behaviors. A bad habit to me just refers to something that you want to reduce, you want to eliminate, you want to see less of, um, and that can vary from person to person. What can be a bad habit for me might be a good habit for you, and vice versa. So I'm not like trying to be judgy on this. It's just we're trying to help you give uh, give you some tools and strategies that can help reduce or eliminate behaviors that aren't serving you or helping you reach your goals. Right. Just things that you choose you would want to stop. Yeah, exactly. And if you're listening to this, I think it's safe to say that you've probably already identified some um, A behavior or some behaviors that you'd like to change. And as I mentioned before, what most people try to do, my husband included, is they just try to quit. They just like, I'm just going to stop doing that. And that might work for a while, but the elements of the habit cycle, which we talked about in the Habits 101 podcast, which we can link in the show notes, um, are still present. And for that reason, identifying the specific steps of the cycle and identifying those can be really helpful in shifting the behavior you're trying to change. So I thought the first thing we should do is just review the habit cycle. Does that sound okay with you? Sure. Um, I just also wanted to mention that the reason it's saying just stop it or just trying to stop isn't very effective is because the reason we try to build habits, like when we try to build our healthy habits, it's so that you don't have to think about it. It's automatic. You just do it. So then just trying to take a habit that you would like to remove and just stop it it does not work. No, it it would be great if it were that easy, but it's usually not. Um, and the reason it's not that easy is because the three elements of the habit cycle, which are what we refer to as the three R's, the reminder, the routine, and the reward. And depending on who you're talking to or what books you're reading about habits, you might hear a little bit different terminology used to describe each of those three steps. Like the reminder might also be the stimulus or the trigger. Then you have the routine, which is the habit, the behavior, the routine, whatever the thing is that you're doing. And then you have the reward, which is the benefit you get from doing the behavior. And I think it's really important to remember that when you're listening to this, um, remember that bad habits can have positive rewards. Right. And um, so I think that's really a really uh, good first step in examining how to go about breaking or reducing a bad habit is to examine the reward that you're getting out of it. And, um, again, bad behaviors or bad habits, again, that's not, um, something that you want to reduce or eliminate when I say bad can have positive rewards. So let's take, I think smoking is a really common one. Um, a lot of people have tried to quit smoking. They've tried to quit cold Turkey, just dump the cigarettes out and say, I'm done. But it's, uh, that totally negates the fact or overlooks the fact that 
smoking actually probably does have some positive rewards built in. And what those positive rewards could look like could mean um, it, it allows you some quiet time in the morning, or it's a break from work. It's uh, of some social time in your mid-afternoon to go meet up with a girlfriend or a friend or a spouse, and you share this uh, kind of break in your day. And the reward is, is that you get some social time or you get just a, like a, a moment to chill out or a moment to yourself. It can help with relaxation, stress management. So even though there might be some bad elements Elements, quote unquote, to smoking, it can still have positive rewards. You following me? Yes, I'm following you. And I think, okay. you know, the only reason we, our brain registers things as a habit is because it gives us a reward. So if you mm-hmm. kind of think of it that way, like whatever you're doing, that's kind of automatic. If it's automatic that you're trying to stop, it's because you are getting some positive aspect out of that behavior. Even if when you first look at it, it looks completely negative. Yeah. So another one that we hear a lot is uh, running through Starbucks drive through in the morning. You know, a lot of people might look at that and kind of on the surface level, they'd say, well, this is a bad habit because I have to pay money. Um, I'm late for work. It doesn't maybe support my health goals, depending on what you're choosing when you drive through the Starbucks. But the reward can be that a, you don't have to cook breakfast. B, it's a mo- like an extra five, 10 minutes in your car that you get to just kind of mentally prepare for your day or be by yourself. Or if you're like me, turn up some really loud music and just <laughs> zone out. It's easy. It's convenient. And you get that reward right away. So while there might be some um, kind of on paper bad reasons or reasons that don't support this behavior, there are almost always rewards that are benefiting that behavior. And the key is, is when you're trying to reduce or eliminate a bad habit is to try to replace that bad habit with something that stimulates a similar reward. Right. And that's really, really important because if you just try to quit cold turkey, you're going to miss out on that reward and you're probably going to pick up on that really quickly. So you try to quit smoking, you're going to miss that social time or that stress stress management or that moment that you have in your car to just kind of focus and mentally prepare for your day and organize your thoughts. You're going to miss that. So trying to replace the smoking or the Starbucks Starbucks or whatever it is you're trying to replace... Um, can really, uh, it can be beneficial to examine what is the reward is you're getting from it and then try to replace that behavior with something that gives you a similar reward. Right, exactly. Should we um, get into my favorite example? Yeah, are you talking about me (laughs) and Blair? (laughs) The one I use all the time is you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, well, it just, I didn't intend for it to be this way, but it really is a great example. I mean, not to toot my own horn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm always tooting my own horn. I mean, let's not let's let's not mince words here. Um, so when I was, I you know Blair is about two now, but when she was probably six or eight weeks um, old, I found myself consuming an incredible amount of alcohol at night, and it wasn't something that I had normally done. It was a habit that I kind of just developed um, after having Blair, and I, <laughs> I guess that third baby kind of tipped me over the edge or something. I don't know. 
But um, what I noticed was that I had started having a glass of wine at night. And eventually that glass of wine turned into two glasses, sometimes two and a half glasses, sometimes even three glasses of wine at night. And before I knew it, I had slipped into this routine of drinking really, really frequently. And um, ultimately... I knew once I kind of realized what I was doing, like, and how frequent it was happening and how almost automatic it was happening, I realized that, okay, this didn't support my finances. This didn't support my health goals. This didn't support my parenting goals. I mean, I was, I mean, at that point I was still nursing and I was putting my kids to bed, uh, slightly intoxicated. Like this isn't the direction I wanted to go. And so I, I thought, what can I do instead? What am I getting out of this drinking? And I, when I looked at this situation, when I kind of panned out, it was very clear to me that what was happening was I was um, kind of jonesing for a glass of wine shortly after putting Blair to bed. And as you know, um, putting a newborn to bed can be pretty stressful. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just don't have, like, my babies were just not, like, they weren't sweet babies. Like they were kind of tough babies. You know, I I, like, I love them dearly, but they were tough, tough babies. And so putting her to bed was really, really stressful. And at the, you, you combine that with at the end of a long day with two other kids in the house, it was summer there. Everyone's home all day long. And it was like, okay, I like, I'm just, I was just spent emotionally, physically, I was just spent. And I was reaching for that glass of wine. Um, because what was happening was I needed something to like, kind of take the edge off. I was stressed out. I was exhausted. Um, so I'd come into the kitchen and I pour a glass of wine and my husband and I would have this like little social hour. We'd catch up on the day we'd reconnect or whatever. When I realized that this wasn't a habit I wanted to continue to engage in, I thought, what can I replace the wine with? Um, that still gives me some stress reduction, still helps me kind of relax, gives me social time with my husband. Um, so instead of just saying, I'm going to take the wine out and cut a cold Turkey, I said, what can I do instead that stimulates that same, uh, reward that I was getting from the wine. And what I came up with was I ended up just taking, uh, either a walk or a long shower still like 10 minutes, no, not a big time investment, either a walk or a shower, and then drinking a Diet Coke or a LaCroix in the kitchen with my husband. Um, and that really did the trick. I still got the social reward. I still got the stress reduction from the shower or the walk, I, the, the kind of the meantime, the help me relax. And then the other element of the um, bad habit that we need to talk about too was I quit buying boxed wine. <laughs> which I know um, you can judge me for my boxed wine all you want. But what was happening was the the boxed wine in the fridge was just making it too convenient to pour another half a glass, another half a glass, another half a glass. So we just stopped buying wine. And it's not because wine um, was bad, wine is off limits, or you know I shouldn't be drinking wine, or I'm a bad person if I drink wine. It was just more about curating my environment to support my goals. And as soon as I took the wine out of the house, um, 
I, it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. And I think that's a really, um, another element to breaking a bad habit is looking at your environment and how can you curate your environment to support your goals. Um, and again, there were nights in there following in those weeks following where we thought, okay, I want some wine. So my husband went out and bought a bottle of wine. We each had, you know, a glass or two and then threw the rest out or, you know, he finished the bottle or whatever. Um, And that was it. And it was kind of a special occasion instead of having it like on tap all the time. Um, And that worked really, really well for me. That was, I mean, it wasn't to say it was simple and I wasn't, you know, that it was easy and that it didn't take some intention and some practice and effort. But I think that's a really good example of how examining the reward that you're getting out of the behavior and then curating your environment, those two elements combined really made shifting my behavior from drinking really regularly to drinking rather infrequently. Yeah. And I think environment's important, an important thing to bring up too. And we actually, we have an entire section on environment in Balance 365 because it's such a, a big thing. Like, you know, you do it with wine. I do that same thing with like ice cream or fresh baked cookies. Like I don't keep big, big things of ice cream in the freezer anymore. Like I used to, we used to always have it in the freezer and it was just so easy for me every, it ended up becoming a habit for me every night to eat a bowl of ice cream. So I just stopped buying ice cream on a regular basis. And if we want ice cream, like we'll go out as a family and we'll get some ice cream and it's, it's totally fine. Um, and also I wanted to just, um, highlight too, that you did this whole process consciously, like you had already learned about this process and you consciously took the, the routine or the, um, reminder and the reward and changed your routine out, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like something that happened. You consciously put these steps into practice. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot in Balance 365, our uh, habit coaching program, that creating new habits and breaking existing habits is a lot of times boils down to practicing reps. And each time you practice a new behavior, it's a rep. And some habits, building some habits are going to take more reps. Some are going to take less reps. But every time you practice that rep, it's kind of like a check in the box. And the more and more and more you do it, the more automatic it's going to become. And you don't need to be perfect. Like like I said, there were nights when we went out and got a bottle of wine. There were nights when you went out with your family and got ice cream. Um, you don't have to be this all or nothing, um, perfect, right, wrong on the wagon, off the wagon. Uh, you can do it just more consistently and the more consistently you can do it, the better off you're going to be. It doesn't, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to kind of get practice getting the reps in. Um, but on that note of triggers, um, sometimes you can't control the trigger. Like in the situation with Blair, like I had to put Blair down to bed every night or my husband did, one of us did. And, um, that was just something that I couldn't control. I couldn't remove from my environment, but sometimes, um, you can control your triggers. And when we say triggers or reminders, the three R's, the, the, uh, the reminder, the first step of the habit cycle, um, they can be environment, people, places, situations, a reoccurring event, 
a pre-existing habit or even feelings. And, um, sometimes acknowledge, acknowledging those triggers, like what's making me feel this way. What's making me feel like I want to engage in this habit. What's going on? Where am I at? What am I feeling? What time of day is it? Um, can all be kind of clues to, uh, how to go about replacing that habit. And, um, I think the, one of the most interesting studies when it comes to, uh, triggers or reminders is that study that they did in a hospital. You remember that one about water? And so it was a hospital cafeteria. And what they did was really simple. They just um, tracked where uh, the water and soda sales in the cafeteria for like two weeks. And after a couple weeks, they just added more water at various places throughout the cafeteria. And they didn't change anything else. And guess what happened at the end of those two weeks? Me? You're asking me? <laughs> yes, I'm. <laughs> it's a quick pop. I, I know Go. the answer. They bought more water. Oh. <laughs> yes, they people people bought more water, and soda sales went down. They changed nothing else about that cafeteria other than offering more water at various places throughout the cafeteria, and water sales went up, soda sales went down, and I think that's a great. Um, example of how curating your environment can help you with um, building bad habits or building good habits and and reducing or eliminating bad habits. So when I think about that in my daily life and my environment and how that plays a part, you know, if you're trying to eat less ice cream and eat more vegetables, can you put the ice cream in the deep freeze and put your vegetables out on the counter? Or you probably don't keep vegetables out on the counter though, do you? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I keep them in the fridge. But I do keep them in the front of the fridge and not in the drawer. Yeah, because we've talked about this. Does that crisper drawer do anything? No. I mean, maybe it does, but I don't think so. Like, I don't – no, I don't think it does. Um, And I really only eat Brussels sprouts and carrots, and those stay in the fridge. But – Anyways, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things like, can you, if you're trying to eat more fruit, maybe fruit is something that you would keep on the shelf. Can you put that, um, where it's in a more convenient place or more prevalent in your life, um, on the kitchen counter or in the eye line of your fridge versus in those crisper drawers where you can't even see them, um, can you curate your living room? Can you reshuffle your living room to uh, watch less TV and do more family activities, or you know whatever it is you're trying to do? But when you think about you know how living rooms are set up, um, they're really set up to often watch TV, right? right? The couch is facing the TV, the furniture is facing the TV is all kind of centered around the TV. Or can you even remove the TV from the living room? I mean, this is all dependent on whatever your habits are. But I think, again, my point is, is just to really evaluate what your environment is doing to support your habits and how shifting your environment can help you create new ones. Right. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, finish up here is that um, James Clear talks about this, which um, I love James Clear and his work on habits. But one of the things to remember is that bad habits often have immediate rewards, while good habits often have delayed rewards. And what I mean by that is if you look at something like going to the gym, it costs you, you have to pay a lot 
to go to the gym. You have to pay with your time, with your energy, with your effort. You're going to get sweaty. You're going to have to change clothes. You might have to shower. Um, you're going to maybe have to sacrifice doing something else like uh, family time or or work or sitting down and relaxing or drinks with girlfriends. So you have to kind of pay a lot up front. And oftentimes you don't get the reward you're looking for, whether it's fat loss, weight loss, strength gains, um, stress reduction. You don't get those until maybe a week, two weeks, a month, six months down the road. So you really have to kind of be able to play the long game. On the flip side, bad habits, um, and again, this I'm using common bad habits, not out of judgment, just you know things that come up in our community. Bad habits say, uh, you know, instead of going to the gym, you sit down on the couch and you watch TV for three hours. Um, I do that too on occasion. I'm not judging that, so please don't send me hate mail. Um, <laughs> but. Um, you know, bad habits. So the reward in the present would be that sitting down on the couch and watching TV or zoning out on Netflix can be a great way to relax, unwind. It can be a, it can help you numb any stress, emotions, feelings, troubles that you're having. Um, in those, those rewards are right there in the present. Right. Like that, it feels good to no sit down either. Right. You don't have to pay a lot to do that. Like you don't have to pay with your time and your energy and your, and your effort. Um, so a one way around that is to try to bring the rewards for good, good habits into the present. And, um, so again, using just that gym analogy or gym example, uh, I think a great way to do that is, can you turn it into social time? Can you meet a friend or a girlfriend at the gym so you can have kind of some social time? That's your reward. Then the reward becomes you get to hang out with a friend while you're exercising. Um, I know one of the ones you use, Lauren, is podcasts when you walk, right? Yes. I like walking, but what makes it really, really enjoyable for me is that I get to listen to a podcast. And I try to make my walking my alone time too. So like I, I do take my kids out for walks, but I try to find the time where I can walk by myself sometimes too, and just listen to a podcast and zone out and make that sort of like relaxation too. And just like me time. And then like, I'll also do it with other things like folding laundry is not something I enjoy, but I think like, okay, what would make this more fun or more enjoyable for me? And like, well, watching my favorite TV show while I'm folding laundry suddenly doesn't make makes the laundry not seem so bad. Right. Um, my realtor actually is a member of our community, and she just did that with um, her. She was training for a marathon in the last year or a half marathon, and what she would do was listen to. I'm not familiar with this, so I hope I don't mess this up. But um, the Serial podcast. Oh yeah, I've I've never listened to it, but I heard it's really good. Yeah. And she would listen to one episode each run and she wouldn't let herself listen to another episode until her run. So that kind of became the, that can became the reward for her. Like, okay, we're going to go run, which she wasn't always thrilled about, you know, in the long, oh, you know, in the big picture, she enjoyed running, but you, you don't show up every run when you're training for a half marathon, like super jazzed right. about it. Right. But listening to the serial podcast, having that reward in the immediate present, um, 
really worked out well for her and was encouraged. It helped encourage her to stick with the training program. So I, I love that example. So again, um, just a review there, bad habits can have positive rewards, but oftentimes bad habits have immediate rewards while good habits have delayed rewards. And the, just the last reward that I want to add to that, that's really simple. And we could, we, I think we can link this in our show notes is, uh, checking off a habit tracker, which a lot of our community members use, a lot of our Balance 365 members use, um, having that habit tracker to um, just check off, I did this thing, I, I ate protein at breakfast, I took a walk after lunch, I made my bed today, I brushed my teeth. I mean, whatever habit it is you're working on, um, checking off that habit on habit tracker, that little X, that little check mark, whatever it is, can be a, become a really, really ingrained valuable reward. Yeah, and it sounds simple, but just doing that little check mark is surprisingly satisfying. It's just like a hey, like a good job, like you did it. Yeah. And you know, it like even we see that in our in our private Facebook community, which if you're not a member of, you really should. We have almost 40,000 women uh worldwide in that community right now, and it's just a wonderful place to be because oftentimes we have uh people just posting like I went to the gym today. And getting that applause, the likes, the cheers, the funny gifts, like makes brings that reward to the present. And um, if you need that support and validation, our group can be a great place to do that. Yeah, and everyone in the group honestly is happy to do it. It's fun to be able to celebrate other people. So that's rewarding to everyone else in the group too. Um, it is. It is because yeah. I think we all. Um, you know, a lot of us have been there before where we wanted to maybe celebrate something, but for whatever reason, we feel more comfortable doing that with uh, strangers on the internet sometimes. (laughs) I mean, we're not all strangers, we're not strangers anymore, but um, it can feel a little bit safer. So yeah. So just to review, um, if you're looking to break a bad habit, um, step one, review the elements of the habit cycle, the reminder, the routine, the reward, really, really think about what reward you're getting from that bad habit. Again, bad habits can have positive rewards. So think about what are you getting out of the behavior you're, you're engaged in? And then how can you pick a different behavior that solicits that same or similar reward? So you don't miss out. You don't cut, cut yourself short on any of those rewards. Um, step two would be to look at your environment, your trigger, which can be, um, you know, your home, your environment, your space, people, places, situations, reoccurring events, pre-existing habits, maybe how you're feeling, your emotions. Um, and then lastly, try to bring those rewards for good habits into the present as bad habits often have immediate rewards. Good habits often have delayed rewards. Lauren, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Um, I think the only thing I'd add is I want to make it really clear that everyone knows that we're trying to keep, um, the reminder and the reward the same and just change the routine. So, um, like I said, at one other point, it's like an Oreo cookie, right? Like you keep the outsides the same, you keep the cookie part the same (laughs) and you only change the filling and you just change that filling to something that aligns more with what you would, an activity you would want to do, something that aligns more with your goals um, or something that you perceive as not a negative that will still give you that same positive reward. So again, you're keeping the uh, reminder and the reward the same and you're only changing that routine in the middle. 
Yep. And, and just because we're giving you kind of some hacks on how to break bad habits doesn't mean that it's not going to be difficult some days. Um, it's still going to take practice. It's going to take some effort, some intention. You're going to have to be really mindful about it, but hopefully by acknowledging the elements of the habit cycle, it makes breaking those bad habits a little bit easier than say, just going cold Turkey and stopping. (laughs) Right. And you, um, like you're, a wine example. That was what, like a year ago? Mm-hmm. And it's second nature for you to not drink wine at night, right? Like you don't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it is. I If I have a glass of wine now though, it's because I want a glass of wine and it's right. not because I feel like I have no other uh, way to cope with the stress of my life. You know, it's, it, I'm making a more conscious, mindful decision about my alcohol consumption than just reaching for it out of habit. Right. So it's like, it's, it's tough. It's, it's just like building a habit, right? Like it's going to take work in the beginning, but as you do it, it gets easier and easier. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just get those reps in, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks Lauren. This was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I missed you. I know. I know. I missed you too. We should do this more often. Yeah. I mean, Jen can come. Jen. <laughs> we well, say. I, miss, I missed the last couple because Benny was sick. And so I'm just like, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. And I haven't talked to Jen in even longer. I know. It's th- recording this podcast with three women uh, who have children who get sick, as children do, um, across three time zones is ridiculously difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but two of us is better than none of us. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I say so myself. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lauren. We'll talk soon. Right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you aren't a member already, Jen, Lauren, and I would love to invite you to join our free private Facebook community of nearly 40,000 women worldwide. It's a great place to ask questions and get support. You can find us on Facebook at Healthy Habits, Happy Moms. If you enjoyed what you heard today and need more support, check out our popular habit coaching program, Balance 365, at balance365.co. And if you really like what you heard today, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes so we can continue to bring you more amazing episodes. Thank you. Thank you.